My name is Felicia Danani. Hi, and I'm Shivani Malhotra. As two Indian women, one born in the U.S. and one born in India, and both of us from culturally charged backgrounds, we came into our marriages with the intention not to fail. But when we were faced with reality, we had to look inward. Our motive is to deconstruct generational cycles and conditioning around divorce. Divorce is not an ending, but a change in the relationship. It does not have to follow old stigmas. It can be whatever you want it to be based on your intention. This is our life guide to a conscious divorce. Welcome to the Lioness Pride podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Lioness Pride podcast. Last week we spoke to Sultana Ali and what a special episode that was. and a beautiful representation of how we are all on this journey towards being more of ourselves and finding that true alignment where our words thoughts and our actions just flow in unison with integrity and authenticity so to take this conversation one step further and deeper this week we will be diving into vulnerability and surrender Alicia, hello. Hi, Shivani. Hi. How are you? Good. So, what does vulnerability and surrender have to do with all of this and what we've been talking about in conscious divorce? Yeah. So, this is um, really what I say the core and the essence of how we begin to move forward. So, a few episodes ago, we talked about. the mask that we wear and um how some of our belief systems and patterns have created situations for us to to wear these masks in our life so we can feel like we fit in and we are playing certain roles and for us to show up in our true nature nature and live in integrity like we had talked about we must remove these masks and in doing that that is being vulnerable and that is surrendering to the situation that is surrendering to our true nature um so much of our lives go into seeking approval and validation and praise from other people but in doing that we abandon ourselves and we we really take away these opportunities for us to be truly vulnerable not just with the world but vulnerable with who we are with ourselves and that's really where it starts um it's said you know vulnerability is the roadmap to connection it allows us to support ourselves in not just our joy but in our pain. So that's really where it has to start. And that's why I think today is going to be such a rich conversation for us because now that we have moved through this journey with all of you, we are now really going to get into where do we go from here? How do we start growing and building from from this place of kind of pain and witnessing but now we get to grow through that so is vulnerability really just accepting yourself completely in the moment um the pretty and the not so pretty would that 
be a representation of vulnerability for somebody who doesn't know maybe how <clears throat> vulnerability shows up? So I, I think you hit on a key fact. So it is about acceptance and I think more so awareness, right? Like nobody wants to accept that our, accept that something shitty is happening to us. However, first starting with the awareness, yes, this is happening right? There is some acceptance in the awareness and the acknowledgement of it. And from that, we start to go, how do I feel about this? What is coming up for me? Living in truth. And that starts by asking ourselves these questions and truly being honest with where we're at without the masks, without the um, you know, the belief systems and all those things that we've already talked about. So it's really allowing ourselves to really feel versus blocking those feelings that may not feel so good, right? Right. You know, we, by in nature, want to run from those negative feelings. We want to run when we feel shame and when we feel abandoned and and yes we we want to you know armor up for that and this is feeling it yes absolutely got it now let me ask you why do you think practicing vulnerability is so hard and that numbing out is just an easier way to go and how can we start to lean into these discomforting feelings I don't even know where to start with that question. (laughs) But let me start with why numbing out is easier. I mean, it's easier because it's an escape from what we have labeled as bad feelings. And if something doesn't go our way and we feel, quote, bad, we can shop or drink or smoke or eat our way out of those feelings instead of feeling the depth of whatever it is we're feeling and whatever that feeling may be, is it insecurity? Is it fear? Is it jealousy? Is it anger? Um, You know, feeling some of these, these emotions are not easy because we don't feel good. Right. And we'd like to feel good practically all of the time if, if, if it was our choice and we think we can control that. And practicing being vulnerable, open and honest and less than perfect is scary for all of us. It's much easier to escape our emotions than feel them fully. And I can relate to this. I know I developed this numbing strategy as a way to deal with my parents' divorce when I was young. And it kept me safe at the time. Um, But I didn't realize that over time it would also keep me disconnected from myself and what I was feeling. You know, we learned from Lynette and Jim in one of the previous episodes that emotions are valuable and there is no such thing as a negative emotion. All emotions provide us with information we need to understand ourselves and our needs and our intentions better. And when we shut off that, we are actually shutting down a very important feedback mechanism, right? Don't you think? Yes. And I love what you say about how when we label these emotions, so something that doesn't feel good is bad and something that feels good 
is good. And it's, it doesn't necessarily work that way because when we can shift the perspective and go, in actuality, the stuff that doesn't feel good is really what teaches us the most. That's really, um, you know, our, our, our golden nuggets in life. And if we were able to just lean into them, ask ourselves these deeper questions to learn why they're coming up for us, those are really the game changers. So right. I'm so with you on that. And I really feel passionate about this, especially how we raise our kids, you know, and, and exposing them to some of this discomfort in, in their experiences versus trying to shield them um, from, from discomfort, right? Because what we're, what we're doing is creating resilience in those moments of exposing ourselves to to discomfort, like you said. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And you know, I think as a mom, and you know this, this is really hard because it is in our nature to want to protect them from pain, right? Mm-hmm. We we do right. everything in our power to keep them from pain. And I know for me, I like if I see Mila cry about something or something happened that hurt her feelings and you immediately want to fix it and make it better. But I have to stop myself and tell myself, this is her golden nugget. Don't take it from her. Don't try to interfere with, like you said, building the resilience. And that's a hard thing for a parent. But I think when you can come at it from that conscious perspective, it it really helps their, their nature in connecting with who they are and feeling those things and going, yes, it's okay to feel that. You know, I, if we can do that at a young age, I think where they are when, as they grow up and they have these tools on going, I don't have to, you know, armor up. I don't have to numb myself. I can just feel it mm-hmm. and move through it. It, it just, you know, the, the humans that we get to create and the, the, the people they get to become um, is just so much richer, right? Hopefully they won't have to do all the work that we're having right. to do right now in, in, our, in the, this age. So, um, no, I 100% agree with you. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Because these emotions need to move through our body. And when we don't allow them to move through our body, they get stuck. And then they create patterns that don't serve us. So it's in our best interest, actually, to allow these emotions to move through us, although uncomfortable. So what do we stand to lose when we try to control everything and we lose this tolerance for discomfort? So what do we lose when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we armor up or try to control things? Yeah, so, you know, when we use these numbing mechanisms, we, we numb out the pain, we numb out the discomfort and the hurt, but we also numb out that joy and the connection and the beauty. You can't just numb out the bad stuff. That's the kicker, right? When you numb, you numb out everything. And so we start to lose the things that we want. Um, And like you, I, you know, growing up, 
created my own numbing mechanisms and then started to recognize that as I got older and, and more so in romantic relationships, started to recognize that I was not able to form deep connection with people um, at a certain level. They could connect with me, but I was not able to be vulnerable with them. I carried these masks with me and, and it was difficult. And so when you start to recognize that you're not experiencing the richness and fullness that relationships can provide. And I think in all honesty, it wasn't until I became a mother and had Mila and started to see a different kind of relationship and the true vulnerability of what it should feel like, that it got really clear for me that I was armoring up in almost every area of my life. I was trying to avoid, you know, the uncertainty and the fear and the shame and the anxiety um, in most of my relationships and trying to, you know, perform, right? I, I think you I put on and... Um, Brene Brown, who is really uh, a um, a world renowned professor in vulnerability, right. she talks about the methods and why we are Marat, and that we are striving for per perfection, numbing out. And this is a really interesting one when we disrupt joyful moments by a dress rehearsal of tragedy. So, meaning. Um, you know, we might be having a really beautiful moment with our child or, or hugging them and just having that snuggle. And then all of a sudden, a tragic moment runs across your mind that something might happen to them or something might happen to you. And that's because we're scared to feel that joy. We're scared that when something good, when it's so good, we always expect something bad to happen. And when we do that, we break ourselves of truly being in the moment. I love what you said there. That is so true. Even from my experience, I found, you know, I mean, joy, what you mentioned, joy. And there's a difference between joy and, and happiness. The way I see it, happiness is related to something happening on the outside. You get a promotion, you get a raise, or, you know, you something great happens in your day and you're happy. And then the next moment you're not happy because something, something not so good happened. And there's this, this roller coaster ride between happiness and pain and happiness and pain. Whereas joy I find is far more internally generated and stable. Mm. Right. And from my experience, I found joy through gratitude and gratitude through emotional pain and so now I actually welcome and I cherish a good cry these days. <laughs> I find it very cleansing. And, you know, I remember, but I do remember the first few times I opened up with complete vulnerability. I thought I was going to die. I thought something really <laughs> bad was going to happen. <laughs> and it was very scary. But by just being there and saying I'm going to go through it and surrendering. And by feeling that much, what actually happened was, like you mentioned, a much deeper connection to all of life, 
gratitude and a connection to source, consciousness, God, whatever you want to call it, right? This immense, beautiful experience that we're getting to live as spiritual beings in a human body, but actually getting to feel that like down to every cell. And I don't think I ever felt that before, um, before going through some of these really difficult emotional experiences. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think as we talk about divorce and, and these, these different things that happen in our life that we feel shame from, right? I know for me, um, you know, when I was going through my separation and, and this process, there was a lot of shame around it for me. And I, I just literally avoided seeing people because I didn't even want to talk about it or admit it. And I started to realize when I lived in that arena of silence, the shame grew. It wasn't until I could be honest with myself and then find the right people to be vulnerable with and share it with them. And until I said it out loud, I'm getting a divorce. The shame just started to dissipate. And, and you know, it said the shame cannot live when you talk about it. That's why sharing with each other is so powerful. Um, you know, not about being vulnerable with everybody, but start small with one person mm -hmm. and you really trust. And, and when you do that, it starts that process of, of release that you're talking about, right? Like the physical release, because it physically harbors in our body. And that's where things, again, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all start to get lighter. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about the fact that you don't have to be vulnerable now with every single person, right? <laughs> Again, some discrimination there and that we need to know where, where our safe spaces are to, to show up with our complete rawness and, you know, <laughs> everything where, where we can be held and where we can feel that's a safe space to do that. And that's a good place to start. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I so understand that. So do you think spirituality is a necessary component for stepping into the unknown with the sense of openness and resilience and curiosity? From my experience, it has definitely been a big part of my experience. Um, and I know this can work for many different people in different ways. You can experience the expansiveness of creation through nature you know it doesn't necessarily have to be through um, a religious pathway or or anything like that you can you can even find it in a rock according to me I mean it can be anything that inspires you to go beyond the self right but for me personally um you know, learning about the multidimensionality of us as humans has come through my training as a yoga teacher and a therapist and being on this journey for some time now. And that experience has, has equipped me with some tools uh, and a set of understanding, which I use as a basis to kind of navigate a lot of these areas and to be more open and less fearful and brave. 
the more I tap into spirit, the more I am able to let go of trying to control outcomes. And instead, you know, I am able to direct my body and mind with intention. And I begin to get a small glimpse into the magic of being here on earth and this opportunity that we've been given to literally create anything we want to. And I go with the flow instead of trying to control the external, I try to stay present with what is going on within me and what I want to create in each moment. And I literally, I mean, I think when I look back, a lot of that understanding came for me from this concept in the Vedas where, you know, we, the, the way we look at the mind and body and the soul is the soul being the director of this life. And the soul is traveling in this chariot, which is our body. And the chariot has the, the you know, the rider who is the mind and the chariots are being pulled by the horses, which are, which are our senses. So when we allow just our senses and our emotions and our minds to, di- to direct the show, we're really not moving with intentionality and our soul that's the passenger in this journey is kind of completely ignored in the process because nobody's paying attention to what the soul really wants. And so I think this process of just understanding that A, I have a soul and that the soul has a purpose is really powerful because then I begin to understand that I need to listen to what my soul is trying to tell me And then I begin to understand where my um, emotions or my, you know, habitual patterns or all these other things kick in to distract me along the path. And then I can actually use my mind to, to direct where I put my energy and my focus. So just having this basis of understanding this has been extremely powerful for me. What about you, Felicia? Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So I I agree with you. I think um, it whether it's a process that you're seeking um, to connect with spirit and seeking this, or through this process, it happens. Um, for me. You know, I I also am a therapeutic yoga practitioner. I've studied um, much of these different philosophies and practices over the past um, 13 years. So that has always been a part of my life. However, like I had mentioned, I think when difficulty arises, this is where you're tested. So for me, of course, during my divorce and during this, this was a a time that I really had to go back to my books and um, some of the things I hadn't really, um, I had maybe forgotten because that happens, um, go back and revisit it, reconnect with these, these parts, these principles, this essence, reconnecting with my physical body to get a deeper understanding of what's happening spiritually as well. Um, 
and and there is a daily practice. And I know we're going to um, our next episode is going to be about this. But as people want to explore um, deeper ways to connect with spirit, there are small things that we can do every day that will start to enhance that connection. And, you know, whether it you follow um, your a certain religion or it's prayer or whatever that might be, some of the principles are very universal to all. So I think that starting that day-to-day process um, with simple steps, daily steps that can be journaling, that can be um, quiet time or meditation, that can be just mindfulness practices through our life that start to help us get in tune with who we are and our essence and our intuition. And, you know, as we quiet down the outside world, we start to hear our own voice. And that, that is spirit. That there, there is no differentiation in that. That is what we're talking about. And this is a lifelong journey, right? I remember starting my (laughs) practice many years ago as well. I think, yeah, it's been it, a long time. It is. And it is. Yeah. it's amazing to see how this journey unfolds. And like you said, you know, things you may have read um, years ago come back and there's such a richer and deeper meaning through our own experience. So there is no, um, no, no better way to learn than through experience. And I think, but having these this basis and this foundation is 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 a great um is a great place to lean on for support absolutely and you know it's these are tools right these are tools that we get to keep in our toolbox for life we get to share them with the people that we love that not only it, it's not only for when things get difficult but for you to use at all times um you know, I think we've talked about this earlier, but um, this disconnection from our true selves doesn't happen in these relationships. And it doesn't, you know, it didn't, my disconnection didn't happen in my marriage. It happened way before the marriage was just the mirror to show me how disconnected I was. (laughs) So then it's about going, okay, we hit a certain spot and we recognize how far off our true path we've come. And then you make that decision. I want to get back on. I don't want to keep going down this road, that awareness of it. And then we start to use these tools and change happens. It happens small. It happens big, but it is lifelong. So it's not this rush to get to the top of the mountain. It's a constant journey through the forest to see and play with these tools. Some may work better than others for you, um, but that's it. You just get to play with them and then be aware of how you react to that. Be aware of how you react to that. And then you find ones that you really enjoy. And in, and that's it. You just enjoy it. You feel deeper connections. You kind of take the pressure off yourself because it is not the climb. 
right? I think that's the misconception. All of a sudden we hit some peak and we're like, ah, full consciousness. It's not (laughs) really what happens, right? We're going to have moments where, I mean, trust me, I fall back all the time and, but I have triggers, right? So like, I know if I start to come up with these negative scenarios when things are good in my life, that's when I know I'm veering off my path. I love it. I love it. I love what you said that it's about play. And I think this is where we as adults get to be children again. If we can have that attitude that this is the game we're playing and it can be fun. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be so serious, right? So what are some of these tools that we as adults can use to play? Yeah. So, you know, again, um, for me, I like to, I very much into breath work practices. I like to work with the physical body. So movement um, for me and being in nature are tools that work well. Um, Journaling, just even simple awareness, um, noticing that if you're doing something or you're talking to someone, practicing being fully present and listening and not thinking about all the other things you have to do and being distracted. Um, Maybe give yourself one hour where you don't pick up your phone and you're doing just what you need to do without any other kind of distractions that are coming in. These small practices um, not only help us focus, but it is about being present and feeling everything that comes up, right? Feeling, because a lot of times, you know, I, I did this really short course the other day and it was interesting because they said, when we pick up our phone to scroll social media, that's, it's because it's a distraction from something that's made us feel something we don't want to deal with at that moment. So whether it's the feeling of um, loneliness or the feeling of um, not being a part of something or the feeling, whatever it might be, but how many times do we pick up our phone to, to get distracted from the moment? Right. And I want to make a, a, an important point here that, yes, it's important to feel the feeling, but we're not recommending that now you have to sit in that feeling forever, right? Um, the feeling literally when we allow ourselves to feel it, it literally takes six to 10 seconds to move through our body. If, we, if we're present enough and aware enough to allow it to move through. Um, so, you know, and I think what, 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 what keeps us stuck in that feeling is the story that we've attached that keeps repeating constantly in our minds to make the situation alive, even far after it's over. So one, one discipline that, that I keep and that works really well is that I will repeat a story only three times. And if I'm doing it more than three times, I need to stop. Okay. Because it's not about the story. That's right. 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 The, the, these stories, and, and that might be another episode, we, we do the stories we tell ourselves because that is such a, um, a robust topic. And, and so many of us live our lives based on stories and not based on truth. So um, yes, that, and it, it can command our attention and, and take up so much time in our life. So I think you're correct. Moving through the feelings, just allowing them to pass through us 
um, recognize them and let them pass. Recognize them and let them pass. The more we practice this, the easier it becomes. So Shivani, how has deepening this connection with spirit impacted other areas of your life? Similar to what you had mentioned, definitely deeper and more authentic relationships, more creative energy. You know, I find myself being able to just have a more expansive, open, limitless view to life where anything is possible. More compassion and empathy for others. I feel a lot more deeply now. And because of that, I have to actually, um, you know, be conscious about what I expose myself to. So I, I, I literally cannot watch any violent TV anymore. I cannot. My, my, right. my, I, it, it just affects me too much. So I feel more in general. And I don't feel the need to be any different than I am right now to be worthy of love and belonging. So that frees me up to show up, whether it be in a work setting, at home, or with friends, just more authentically and unconditionally too with the attitude of, hey, what can I give or contribute here versus what can I take to feel more whole? And every day is a day to practice. Some days are better than others. But I think even in that, I try not to be hard on myself or expect to get it right all the time. I know I am going to make mistakes and that's okay. I can just take responsibility and choose to connect versus disconnect and numb out. And that choice is always there. Oh, that's beautifully sad. Beautifully sad. I think, um, again, and part of the fun of the process is to see the evolution of how this starts to infiltrate in all areas of who we are. There is no, um, you know, we start, we stop compartmentalizing and, and, and being this person for this person and this for this, we're just who we are. We show up in our lives and, and we let ourselves be seen by others. And that allows us to live more fully. Mm-hmm. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. How has this impacted your life? I know you're very in a creative space right now. And how has this impacted your creativity? And in yeah. What doing? So um, it's so funny because... For so much of my life, I took myself to be a very logical person, an analytical person. And I would always tell myself, I'm like, you know, I'm not really creative at all. And um, I liked to do creative things. I would allow myself to do like really, oddly enough, I like to make gift baskets, right? It's like one of those things I, I enjoy doing for people. So for birthdays, I would let myself have these little pockets of creativity in my life. So I would do all this very kind of business analytical stuff, but then like I could make a gift basket and that brought me a lot of joy. But I had always, because I was so numbed off from who I was, I didn't just, I just, it didn't breed creativity, my life. It did not. And now that I've been on this journey and I've started to remove these masks and remove these roles and the must-haves and the should-haves and the 
I've started to realize that I am really creative and I'm really creative in a lot of different aspects of my life. And I have a lot of different interests and it shows up. And it was like the minute I started to really unravel this tightly weaved concept of who I thought I was, all of these really beautiful things began to bloom. And it's, and it's so neat to see. I just, it's like, I get to relearn about myself and I'm like, oh shit, I'm actually really good at this. That's neat. I had no idea. Yeah. And I, so this story that I told myself that I'm not a creative person and I, I, it was the opposite. And, and I've now, there is a space for this stuff to bloom. And, um, you know, even as simple as like playing Legos with Mila, like I, that was not something I would have seen myself doing, but it's even like, Hey, I'm really good at like, there's things that I recognize in small ways, like, huh? Okay. That's pretty cool. And I start to see new things that I'm interested in that bring me joy and fulfillment. And so, and like you said, then you get to share it with the world. Um, So yeah, it has showed up for me in a, you know, it's been a process, but it's neat when it begins to unfold and you recognize it and you go, huh, okay. Never saw myself doing that. Um, But there you go. Beautiful. So what practice do we have for our friends today and how can they begin to practice vulnerability? So, um, you know, as we've talked about, vulnerability is tricky. And the idea is that we don't want to just be vulnerable with the entire world. We want to use discernment around it in especially as we're starting this process with whom we practice vulnerability with, because of course it can be risky. We're exposing ourselves emotionally. There's uncertainty. So where we're going to start today is a practice with being vulnerable with ourselves, because look, it's freaking hard. We want to be open and honest, um, but we have to start somewhere. And the best place to start is with us. So if you are in the position to do this, you can write this down right now. If you're not, um, please come back to this episode and you can do this practice at another time. But um, it's a series of four questions that we're going to start with. So question one for you to ask yourself is what do I want out of my life? What do I truly and honestly want out of my life? And when you ask yourself these questions, remove the masks, remove the roles of who you think you are. Just allow yourself to show up as you. What am I not getting right now? What am I not getting in my life? How am I or other people in my life blocking me from getting where I want to be? And what am I holding back? What am I holding back from myself, from the world that maybe you want to share? What is that something that sparks inside you, but you've not really been ready to to put it out into the world yet? So as we go through this, this practice and we start to ask ourselves these deeper questions and can just get honest, get real with who you are and what you want, 
this is the practice of vulnerability with ourselves, And we start to uncover our true voice, our true nature. And through this practice, we create an environment, even if it's just with our self-relationship, we start to create an environment of honesty. Then you can take these questions and you can sit with them, create a quiet space. You can meditate on them. Um, And then next, begin to analyze How can I work on this? Can I create a game plan to make improvements? And what would that look like? As we start to create these steps and we start to create this type of relationship with ourselves, we then, this practice you'll see will begin to grow. And as it starts to grow within yourself, you might then find one trusted person that you start to practice with. You might... um, have this one person and you both share a vulnerable story with each other. Then you might find a group or a few people. Then it will grow into maybe a personal community. It could be the Lioness Pride community. Um, It can then grow into a wider community. And then of course the world. And now we're living it. But again, allow yourself to move through this process Um, Because that's what it is. It's a lifelong process. So do it with patience and understanding and allowance to just move through it and feel where you are. So I love it. So we hope you all enjoyed today's episode. We are all in this together, doing the best we can. So please be kind to yourself. And we'll see you next week where I think we're going to be taking you all through a daily practice, right? That's correct. So how to really create a daily practice to really implement some of the tools on vulnerability that we talked about today. Amazing. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. We'll see you next week.